Hello. Hello. Kevin Clark. Kevin Mason Clark. <laughs> are you always using the same middle name or are you making up a different one? I, I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. Uh, episode 199. Look at this. So close Jesus. to 200. And still no clue what we're going to do. <laughs> How was your week? It's been a good productive week, I would say. We've been, I've been working on so many things. Um, it's like interesting, this new role, because I get to work with a bunch of different teams on different things. They're all related to one another, but I get to work pretty closely with different people working on, yeah, on different parts of the, the product. And it's been so interesting from week to week. Like, I feel like last week I was more with one team and then the week before I was more spending more time with another team and just seeing the progress week over week has been really awesome. Um, and I've also been presenting some work to our CEO basically every week. So it's been kind of interesting. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been really fun, like a busy time for me, but I feel like rewarding. I'm, yeah, it's super rewarding and I've been growing a lot, learning a lot of new things. This is this whole space is new for me too, so I'm starting to feel like I have a better understanding and a better grasp of the area. So yeah, it's been it's been really fun. How about you? Busy, tiring, like draining, but also rewarding, super rewarding. But just it, 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 there's a lot doing a lot. Uh, I've I've installed After Effects. So that, oh, I think that gives you an I, idea of just how, oh my God, what are you doing now? I see. So is it, to learn some things. Are, are you using After Effects for product design stuff or for making your video presentations more <laughs> exciting? Because <laughs> after uh, the green screen, like it was only a matter of time before you, you fired up. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's it's for product stuff, but nothing that we're gonna ship or at all. It's just like to convey some ideas. Okay. I needed some motion in there. Wow, that sounds exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I am curious to to dig into something, and I don't know if you're up for it because I it's definitely not in the notes or anything. But um, a while back, like it feels like forever ago now, but we were talking about when you decided to move on from Netlify and join Superlist, and you and I had also talked on the phone, like, prior to that, and had some mm -hmm. conversations about all of this. Um, and I was kind of curious, and I don't know if that was, the, that was a good time, but kind of look back and and see, how do you feel now? Like, do you feel like that was... Uh, like, obviously, like, you're probably not going to say this was a bad move, I hate, I hate my life, but, like, <laughs> do you feel like that was the right, time for you to do something different get into a new space and I, I can tell you after like or now if you're curious like why I'm, I'm asking about this because i have like a a parallel i think in my own life and I'm, I'm curious to see how you how you see this uh funny you ask this now because i'm just about like i'm a couple of days away from uh the six month wow break. nice yeah, which is... So, perfect time weird. to look back. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Six months, you know, yeah, it's a good checkpoint. Uh, so, the question is, if I, looking back, I felt like it was the right moment in... Right? That was the question. Yeah. Um, like, right moment, like, right direction, kind of what you, were, what you expected. 
Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, I don't regret it at all. Uh, it is like you can never really predict or, or know what to expect running a new team, a new company, a new product, all of that. Um, so that was part part of my expectation was that I have no idea what I have no expectations, right? Like I I can't predict or try to control that because I won't. And if I if I latch on to any type of like idea or whatever i'm just setting myself up for disappointment um and so it's been six months i'm still super uh excited about all of these problems we're solving there's still like there's a lot and it feels really good it also feels like still so early like i it doesn't feel like it's been already six months it it's very much just feels like i'm i just joined right uh, and there's like everything still to figure out uh so uh yeah that reminds me when i joined shopify i you know you meet a bunch of people that are there and to you these people know everything and then you start asking people like so how long have you been here and it's like oh three months (laughs) it's like the (laughs) person you thought knew everything just has been there for three months um yeah so okay the, the reason why i ask about this is because and we've talked about this on the show too, how I used to be on the Shopify email team and then moved to this new team uh, like, what, a month or a month and a half ago? Hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but I was just thinking about this the other day, that every every time I move to a different team, I, I never, ever regretted it. And I never, hmm. ever look back thinking, you know what? I would go back to this thing. like not in a not in a negative way, but that I'm like I'm happy. I'm like at a different p- point in my life, right? Like like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with the the older team, but when I move on, I always feel like you know what I gave this what I got, and now's time for a new a new problem. The, the, there's kind of this thing where maybe before you make that whether it's a career or a team change, I think you have so much apprehension and be like, oh, what if I don't like this new thing as much as I like the old thing? But I I have been thinking lately about every single time I've had these things and it's never happened that I regretted it. And maybe I just ended up being lucky, but I kind of feel like there's something here of like no matter what, you moving on to a new experience gives you new challenges it it forces you to grow in certain ways and then you just become a different person because of it and it's i don't know i just i just realized like i should be more open to thinking about these like next opportunities you know whether it's in a project or or whatever and, and think less about the the fear of losing something because it's never happened to me. Like every time I do make these changes, I never, yeah. I never regret anything. And it's only been positive. And maybe, so for example, I think in some of the other teams that I've been at, maybe you can say Shopify email or you can say other, other teams that I've been at, like on checkout before. I actually do think looking back, maybe I stayed too long on those teams. Like maybe I mm. should have actually moved on sooner than that. That there's, I'm finding in myself that I can make my best impact for a duration of what, maybe a year, I would say. 
on a on a team project and then after that generally speaking i feel like i've set up the thing for success i've built a team a solid team that can go and tackle problems and after that yeah i can manage the day to day but it's it's a, a a slower kind of impact curve than me coming into something like a new space whether that product exists already or not yeah uh i i well first of all we are fortunate right like we never really made a career move that was like destructive and devastating and maybe it would be we probably regret it at that you know if that was the case so with that aside and acknowledged uh i think there's there's some, like there's a lot of truth in that uh from my own experience and just from uh people i talk to and stuff like i I can't actually remember someone saying that they regretted any career move or like in that way. And because I feel like one, when you are considering or about to make these big career moves, uh, either changing teams or changing jobs completely or changing careers, whatever, for you in that moment, it feels like I am going to change everything. Like I, this is a massive change. Everything will be different or whatever. Um, and when you do it, like when you pass it and you look back, I think for me at least, it looking back, it, it wasn't that big of a change because for you, it's still a linear path, right? Like mm -hmm. your experience, your career. It was not a change. It was just It's just more, it's just additive, right? right? It just adds stuff, add experience, add knowledge. So looking back, it doesn't even feel like change. Like it's just a progression. <laughs> and and I think it's it's always so tricky. Um, like actually uh, today at lunch, I was talking to, to Debs and, and uh, I was talking about how I, like back, back in my agency job, uh, which I think I still was at when I met you actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, But way back when, um, I was I was looking back at, at when I effectively quit, like when I told my boss that I didn't wanted to quit. And, you know, mind you, I was a younger uh, Rafa. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I said, you know, hey, can I speak to you? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I said, so I just want to say that I, I, I want to I wanna quit, you know. Um, I didn't say it like this. But <laughs> he asked me why, and I said, because I am not, super proud of the work i can do here hmm. um very honest he was like kind of pissy at me i think and <laughs> with a good reason yeah. <laughs> I, i could have phrased it better maybe um like what i should have said was maybe or, or a better way to say it not i should have but a better way to say it would be the type of job that we do at this agency model in where projects are like a week long if at, at best and is full of compromises and uh, whatever. I can't really do this type of work that I want to do. So this, this, this model, this structure is not the one I'm looking for. It's not a good fit. Classic. It's not a good fit. Um, but, but so Debs uh, asked me if, if I, w would I say it differently if I could go back and like those questions just trip, trip me up. Like, uh, you know, I, I just put my John Syracuse hat on. It was like, well, like if I changed anything, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like even those things, those small things, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but you can um, change that. <laughs> but like I today, if I were to say that today, I would say it differently. Right. But back then, that type of like reckless passion and like just you thinking you're going to 
own the world and whatever. That's what I needed. So, you know, which actually <laughs> brings me back to like another thing I want to talk to you about a little bit. Because I don't know if this ever happened to you. Has this ever happened to you? Um, when you, especially after you move teams, move jobs or whatever, uh, maybe that comes with a title change or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if not, like you just, you feel like you have more knowledge. You're, you're more experienced designer, um, designer in this case, but you know, um, and sometimes I feel like I do something or I act in a, a certain way or whatever. And I think to myself, I should be better by now. Like I, like it was a, an amateur move or whatever. Like I should, <laughs> I should know better. Like, um. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but like this just happened to me so recently. Like, oh man, that was that's like a junior rookie move. Uh, what the hell, Rafa? You're whatever. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? I mean, yeah, I think <laughs> this has happened to all of us. You know, uh-huh. we may or may not be in our best selves. I guess. Um, yeah, it does happen to me. Like, I, I Rafa, just... you listen to all the design podcasts. You should know how to act in this way. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. I think we need to separate the idea that you may know what the right thing to do and right. yet still in the moment not be able to do it. <laughs> like there has been times, uh, it's it's a little bit like these things are a bit tricky to talk about when you're a manager, but like I'll talk from about like <laughs> things that happen way, 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 way back and I won't name any yeah. names or who knows, who knows what, where this happened or how this happened. 20 but, years you know, ago. Uh, sometimes like someone comes comes into you and they're like hey i think my project sucks like i'm really not motivated and blah 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 and you're like you're kind of taken off guard <laughs> as a manager and like if i had known like this person was in that mind mind space mm-hmm. and had time to like think for a few seconds of like hey what should i say to this person to like make them feel better and what changes should we make uh I could have that conversation very eloquently, but sometimes you kind of get taken off guard by this. Or like someone says, hey, I quit. And you're like, how do I handle this situation? Right? Like I, and intellectually, I know like ways to handle this, but sometimes you're in the moment and you can't help, but there's, I don't want to say like emotions and feelings, but just, you know, sometimes you're not fully in control of yeah. what you say. Like, it, it's not like I'm writing an essay in, like, a isolated, you know, in a bubble. It's like, no, I'm responding to this real-time interaction, and I'm not Spider-Man, so, like, things are coming at me <laughs> at, like, real-time. Um, so, yeah, it does happen. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I, but this interaction or this thing... I didn't do, I, I, I had a, a positive, you know, intent and this is, I knew this, this is what I was going for, but mm. it really didn't come out the way that I intended to. I should be better about it. Let's go back to that uh, emotions and feelings thing. Cause I feel like there's a, a pretty solid correlation with the, the better or not better, the more senior and mature and uh, confident you are the less your emotions are at the driver's seat, right? Yes. Like you act more based on rationale and logic over than, than emotion. As someone who identifies as emotionally loud, I think. <laughs> emotionally <laughs> <you> loud. 
<laughs> Show title. Uh, <laughs> like, no, seriously. Like, I am very... Like, you can tell how I'm feeling. Like, I cannot really hide it or put it in the backseat. Like, I, I think when I'm really excited about something, I'm really excited about something. Mm -hmm. When I'm really, like, frustrated, I I show that I'm, like, I can't hide it. Um, right. And there are situations in where, like, I get riled up or, like, frustrated or something. Even for, like, my manager for something, it is visible. And also, I don't want to freak them out. Like, yeah, yeah, no, this is just me being, like, this is just me being emotional in a way right now. Um <laughs> And I, I'm I'm also really upfront about all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about this. Like, you know, just it's okay. But still, let me talk. <laughs> let me tell you about something. <laughs> um, and I think uh, the more I want to tone that part of me down, because I feel it would make me, like we said, at least look and act more of someone who's in control and someone who's uh, deliberate and considerate and all this stuff. I feel like if I tone that down, I would also tone down the positive emotions. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if I'm really excited and happy about something, I feel like I would also tone that down. I, I can't; those are not independent knobs, right? Right. <laughs> you either tone down emotion completely or or tone it up. And so, when I think about, I want to tone down my my maybe more frustrating part uh, in the negative emotions, but I also don't want to do that because I feel like my positive emotions are. Uh, a positive thing uh in my like for me and my peers in my work environment so i'm i don't know how i feel about this um throwing it out there how do you how do you deal with like more emotional um reports i guess or team members oh okay that that is an interest i didn't think you were you were gonna go there because I, I, I was thinking about like me personally so you we, can take this we, whatever you yeah, want we, yeah because we we can take it in both directions i think so <laughs> This is this is kind of interesting. So, one of the things that I've noticed <laughs> throughout my career is I am not an extremely emotional person. <laughs> like I am very rational in things that I do. It's also like my personality type uh, really highlights that. I'm great at compartmentalizing. Um, so, w you and I, we can argue like crazy. And I could, like, you know, spend all day telling you all the ways that you're wrong about the corner radius of this button. And also can be best friends with you in other, in other you know, in, at the same time. Whereas, mm. as I think, and I've, this is something that I've noticed, and it's kind of crazy that it's something I have to notice. But it's like, oh, for other people, that is not possible. Like, if we <laughs> disagree on a work topic then we're not like this this is there's one relationship whereas for me there's they're all separated out and mm -hmm. we can have like one it's like one stream is like okay we're in severe disagreement on this thing and then the other thing we like totally agree and get along and enjoy each other um so that's a one thing to know i guess about me is like i don't think i'm coming at things from a very emotional perspective generally speaking however i think i'm someone who's very expressive of like my excitement for something like this is something that people have told me like very frequently that when i'll i talk about something i'll get excited i'll you know you can read me pretty easily i think is is what i would say there mm -hmm. and inversely this will also happen when 
<laughs> will be at work. And especially I find on Hangouts these days where you just see all the faces like head on. Like someone mm-hmm. will mention something and then I'll, like, I'll make a face like, huh? like I'll, I'll, I cannot control myself from Same. having these physical reactions. Even though I don't, I'm not saying anything, you can definitely tell if I think an idea is good or not good based on just like <laughs> looking at me. And so in that way, like I think I am being very expressive mm-hmm. in how I feel and how I'm excited about something or not. Um, so yeah, I, I what I have been trying to do is at least from my perspective, is be more aware that, hey, not everyone compartmentalizes things the way that I do. And for some people, like the emotional side of things is more present in them. And therefore, I should adapt my communication to them to take that into consideration and be a bit more mindful and give them that space. Whereas, you know, and for me, I might not need that. Like I'm fine arguing on things and just that's okay i'm comfortable with that um so that's one thing that i've been trying to do and then the second thing i think it's and i think this is where like maybe there's a piece of advice i think for most like pretty much every designer there is to detach yourself like your self-worth from your work and I think that's like another kind of category of like emotional connection Yeah, <laughs> is like what you're seeing on the screen is me. And really like this is something you've got to be int- intentional about. And even someone like me who's not like I'm also also something. Uh, is this therapy? I don't know. But like <laughs> I'm also some someone who's not that like in tune with my own emotions. Like that's also mm-hmm. something. I think that I've realized over time and sometimes like people will ask me like, Hey, how do you feel about, about this thing? And it will seriously take me a while where I'm like, how do I feel about things? (laughs) Like, and, and I really like have to intellectually think about, I don't know. Like it, it, like sometimes it takes me a while and I'll think about it for like a week and be like, Oh shit! I feel like this is how I I feel about this thing. <laughs> like that, it like sometimes it takes me a while. There, even inside of me, there's sort of this wall between like the rational brain who makes ninety nine percent of the decisions, and then like sometimes I have to intentionally like look over the other side and be like, hey, so what do we think about? How do we feel about this? Oh, okay, this is how we feel about this. Okay, let me like take that back and then like see how we handle this information uh (laughs) but yeah going back to separating your self-worth from what you're doing i think is something that is super key super important to do as a designer it's so hard it's really tough like i was there you know for such a long time and you're there you're in that position because you care like and because you're passionate about what you do and that's great and we want you to keep that um but the challenge is if you put so much of like your own self-worth into something uh it's gonna make you respond to feedback in maybe not the best way possible (laughs) um and what's gonna happen is your way of handling feedback is going to prevent you from listening to great advice and and comments from people that would genuinely make you better at your work. 
And so this is something you have to practice like every day. And, and I, I really think that the more practice you have in a thing, the more this separation gets created where now I'm at a point where there's very little you can say about me or my work that would make me mad. <laughs> right? Like there's you, like, you can say you hate it. You get like, I'm more curious and interested to hear your perspective and to dig into that. Like I have this curiosity more than anything. And I'm deeply aware that not everyone's going to like what I do. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, and a lot of the ideas I have, it's like, yeah, this is one idea I have. I probably have hundreds of other ideas, you know, like if this is not the right one, I'm sure we can find something that works. Um, but you also, com- I think you're on different scales based on kind of what thing you're talking about. So for example, yeah. in design, I might be very advanced on that, but then on podcasting, Maybe like someone says something about the podcast and I feel a bit insecure yeah. about it. And then it's like, ooh, then I feel very, uh, you know, very defensive about, yeah. about things like that. So like it, it's something that you have to practice on every level for each thing that you do. And for you, it might not be designer podcasting. It might be how you look or it might be how whatever, you know, like just name any anything in life that you, where you put yourself out there. Um but yeah, it's definitely like a, a lifelong challenge, I think. It's tightly coupled with yeah, how your own insecurities, how confident are you in whatever you're talking about. And I think the changing jobs uh you know, takes down a couple points in that in that bar. <laughs> like, you know, you you're not as confident doing something on a new team as you were on a team that you were there for 5 years or something, right? So Yeah. It's not something that you and probably that's what's happening right now. Like I was surprised just how much stuff can affect me a little bit, and it's probably tied with coupled with some insecurities and stuff, which we talked about here. I think uh, not that long ago. Yeah, and and hearing you uh, talk about uh, how you manage that, actually, I don't think we're that far apart. Like, although I am writing on my emotions, I still let like decisions and stuff are very logical um like in not just at work but like relationships and with people and things and whatever i try to rationalize it to the extreme it's like if we have an emotion are we sad like why are we sad let's Mm. let's dig let's uh, try and understand what is causing this like it's just therapy um you know so i was i I was (laughs) laughing because sometimes i think I, I feel like you start with the emotion and then you rationalize it. <laughs> the, the <fact>. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, as uh, a great example is all of your purchases ever. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, definitely yeah. it's it's something that we all deal with. <laughs> okay, should we start the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought. Th- oh I mean, I feel God. like this was a great topic. Yeah, yeah, something like that not many people talk about and hopefully that can be helpful this is therapy this is the closest thing i have to therapy (laughs) (laughs) in the open which is terrifying when you think about it but (laughs) yeah please please judge us (laughs) (laughs) okay uh let's talk about other things let's see uh listener dave asked us a question last week on follow-up you know this is a follow-up on follow-up it's follow up all the way down. Last week he asked us about uh, how we 
manage a podcast like in our schedules um this week he writes it did actually spark a further follow-up do you think being comfortable and confident with your day job helps you do side projects i've been in a few situations where the stress of a job has caused me to put everything else on hold thanks dave uh kevin what do you want to answer this yeah um uh, and i'm also curious to hear your thoughts on it so please chime in after too mm-hmm. being comfortable and confident with your your day job I would phrase it a slightly different way, at least for me personally, um, that it's not really about my personally about my confidence in my day job, but I would say that there are times where I'm either, there's actually two things. Either I am like super busy at work and I actually just don't feel like working on side projects because I just end the day and I'm exhausted and I don't want to be in front of a screen anymore, especially in these COVID times where I'm literally spending my entire day in front of a screen, uh, that really reduces the motivation to do side projects or two, which is almost like inversely, there are moments where I am super deeply like passionate and into what I do in my day to day job that I feel like I actually get to scratch a lot of my own itches in the work that I'm doing um that's not to say that other times where i'm doing side projects i'm not passionate but sometimes some projects scratch precisely the itch that you want to scratch with a a side project and it just in those cases i found that a lot of what i want to get out of my side project i'm actually getting from my day job so this is great and i am maybe less uh, motivated or interested or i seek out side projects less um so uh, yeah, I would I would say that that's happened to me. Like it, it definitely ebbs and flow. I don't spend as much time working on side projects, you know, from week to week. It will it will really vary. How about you? It's all about energy levels. Like side projects, is just another way to channel or get energy from different sources. Um, if I have a really tough time at work, it's very draining. So all my energy just go out the door and there's none left for side projects. Uh, now, this side project, this podcast, it's like I have a couple projects that I could work on at any given time, like things that I have going on. Um, layout is like top priority, right? If I don't have time, the energy to work on hand mirror, I won't. If I don't have time to remember Thwip, yeah, I won't. And But like layout, I really try to get something there just because it's it's also like the only side project that I do it with other people. Same. I think that's probably, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that probably helps. Um, but it's not so much like how busy you are at work and if there's any left, you'll do the side projects. Sometimes work itself can recharge you. If it's super exciting uh, and you're getting a lot of energy from work, even though you're spending time, you get energy, you get excited. And at the end of the day, like you just, you need to channel this energy somewhere. Sometimes a side project is a good way to dump that energy. Like I remember, I forget when, but so when we had the first uh, the scan, like baby scan, when we saw the baby for the first time, mm. like that day I took half a day off. So, so after lunch we went uh, there and it was an incredible moment whatever i got home same day that's when uh there was like a review of like the m1 max maybe or like no some kind like a, a verge video in where the guy has hand mirror in it in the in the video oh yeah i saw that um 
So I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then uh, Backlon like, said on Twitter, yeah, I use it. It's great. And then people were like, hey, did you see this? I was overloaded with like energy and excitement. And on that day, like at, uh, like it was during dinner. So like at 8 p.m., I started redesigning the website for Hand Mirror and I built the update for Hand Mirror. And I just shipped that whole thing in that night. I went to bed at like 2 a.m. Wow. Because it was just like I, I had so much energy and stuff that I just needed to put it out, and I was excited about Hand Mirror, so that happened. I don't think I've touched Hand Mirror since. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's just an example of yeah, it's all managing, it's all managing energy. I think. Um, so yeah. yeah. So so in your case, Dave, like if you feel like there are situations you have so much stress at, at work or something, and you put everything on hold, yeah, you should put everything on hold, right? Like these side projects should be uh fun it should be a positive thing not a not a drain yeah exactly whenever it, it feels like it's taking energy and it's frustrating then i think it's time to stop those side projects yeah cool okay cool look at it look at us look at look at this look at this cool. show this kind of feels like an old school layout episode yeah like but it. unplanned yeah man we're really saying goodbye <laughs> to the hundreds uh returning Two hundreds. Hey, I turned thirty. I'm I'm old now. Yeah, happy birthday. <sighs> yeah, thanks. Um, oh man, now that it felt like I was just fishing for, for, <laughs> <laughs> for no. Yeah, please, um, please wish Rafa happy birthday. Please, yeah, do that. Come on. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I got yeah. Hey, today I learned that. Well, actually, I don't know. I learned. I read. This might not be true. Today I read that um, excitement. And anxiety are the same feeling, like the same biological manifestation. Your brain just interprets it in hmm. a different way, which explains so much. Like if that's true, it explains a lot in me. Like, oh yeah, that's why I am a excited. I'm an excited person. Like I get excited easily about a lot of things. Uh, like yeah, so maybe I'm more prone for anxiety. It's the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> in you. It's the midi chlorians. Um, <laughs> Anyway, should we move to topics? We we talked, uh, we mentioned last week that we're going to talk about Twitter super followers. Super followers. Um, they're going to let you charge for tweets. By the way, can we start by saying how weird is it that they pre-announce features? Well, let alone like ship anything, you know, new, new features. But pre-announce it? Wow. Okay. Bold On move, Investor's Twitter. Day. <laughs> like, yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, well, this, how do you, this, what do you this think feels this? so perfect for Twitter, actually. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you feel about this? What do you think? Uh, yeah, how do I feel about it? Good should question. We, should we start by explaining what it? Yeah, what you, is for I think you, yeah, not? I think you should explain what it is. Okay, so Twitter announced at this investor meeting day thing uh, that they are working on uh, two new features. One is called Super Follows, which is. Like OnlyFans for tweet for tweets, <laughs> like they let you, they will charge you to become a super follower. So I assume that like the creator has control over the rate, how much they want to charge you. But you will pay to follow to be super follower of of a Twitter account, and if you are, you get access to tweets that are only exclusive to super follows. Um, so imagine like, you know, the, the close friends on Instagram stories, 
It's like that, but you have to pay to be on the close friends. Right. So certain posts you can just share with certain group. So oh, so that's one feature. And the second one is um, they're calling it communities, which is, I think, like Twitter's take on Facebook groups. So actually, I'm not entirely sure how it works. Uh, you join communities, which, like, will they provide just a different timeline? I'm not sure. But you can join communities for, like, I don't know. Let's see what the examples they use. Uh, Planned Parents or Surf Girls or, like, whatever. Like, again, Facebook uh, groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm more curious about the, this super follow thing. Yeah, the super follow thing sounds interesting. Um, to me, I see this as sort of like a Patreon type yeah. like, competitor. I guess I think um, I used to subscribe to some some Patreons, like mostly podcasts, um, and then I kind of just use Patreon to get the feed, and then would just not check the posts. But some, I guess this is what I've seen is like some of them actually post things on Patreon, and I think you can get like an email or something. Like that like that but i don't really spend time on patreon like i don't go and check things there and so another feed no yeah exactly like i you know so i feel like in that sense twitter is a better place for that this is a thing that i check multiple times a day every day um so if that content can go in there great um i personally don't have anyone off the top of my head that i'm like oh would definitely subscribe to this person's exclusive tweets right like a lot of the things i want would want to subscribe are like podcast youtube videos like they're places that tend to have other outlets for those things that i consume and i rarely think of like twitter as being the thing that i consume like we even consider like everyone's talking about newsletters these days um like even newsletters is kind of interesting and i think there's some connection to this in in twitter but i have the thing right yeah but so i i kind of have a feeling that the success of this product will really be dependent on like how can they integrate with other sources of entertainment that people can provide Mm -hmm. because i feel like tweets are uh relatively small surface (laughs) and it's hard to determine like which tweets would be worth paying for like it seems it it seems like it's unexplored yet like i i'm not against it i and i think there could be use cases where it makes sense i just cannot think of a lot of them right now i think we cannot think about it because they don't exist like yeah exactly every single tweet we ever saw was free so like we don't have this concept so i agree with you like i i can't see it but i'm i i'm i'm confident that life will find a way like yeah, if someone's gonna people can charge cool for this yeah like the thing i actually I'm not sure if i tweeted about this but i think i thought i thought about it and then i saw everyone saying the same thing I'm like mm-hmm. oh we all had the same idea um Recently, I tried speaking inside projects. I try to get back to break the safe and like start sharing some work in progress stuff. Um, it would be cool if I charge like a dollar or whatever for for like to be a super follower. Like for for my super followers, maybe I could not only share the work in progress but share the code. It would be an interesting mm-hmm. way to learn Swift UI or whatever for you know a small amount of money, just something. Um, but then, how do so you that, share the code, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say GitHub, but then that 
it's public. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, no, I I do think you're right. Like there are some people, or even um, was it Jordan Singer or like some of those people like who have been doing mm-hmm. like SwiftUI stuff. Like maybe they yeah. post some of them, and you know, a lot of people are very into those things and. Uh, also maybe who knows right what the future of of twitter is maybe at some point twitter can allow posting pretty long videos like a 20 minute long video and you just like post it right to twitter like i don't know that could work uh i like i i think it'll be interesting to see how twitter reimagines itself around these new features (laughs) because one of the things that came to mind is Oh boy! Now they they better need to do a good job at surfacing those those tweets properly. <laughs> the content I'm paying for is not being hard to find, but also yeah. without like kind of totally destroying your timeline. Um, that sounds like the biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah that's like, that seems like it'll be tricky. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. I also obviously as whenever these things come up, I don't know if you think about this too, but I certainly do, and I'm like. Is there is there a way that I should be using this? <laughs> like, should I? Is there? Should I do this? Like, should I have a way to get the super followers? Like, would people people super follow me? I don't know. <laughs> um, and as I was thinking about it, I kind of came to the conclusion that even if some people would, I really don't want to get a second job. <laughs> <laughs> like, like now I feel like I would have even more anxiety of, of, oh, what, you know, I haven't posted on the super Twitter in a while. Like maybe I should be posting more there, right? Like, I, do I want to have this commitment? And I'm like, no, I, I do not want that at this time. There might be a point in my life where, when I'm okay and comfortable with it, but today is not that day. I'm pretty sure to see what people do with this because I feel like yeah. they will they will control the narrative. Like they will define this feature more so than whatever Twitter tries to, 100%. to to impose. And I feel like with pretty much everything, the moment it's out, uh people will overdo it and all of a sudden everyone is charting for super follows and you end up paying paying like twenty different subscriptions and it's not really that worth uh the money and then it'll turn it down. And it'll plateau and it will find its place. <laughs> um so I'm really really interested in this uh i would i think i would try it um so not not sure with what uh maybe the code yeah even the code snippets like can you imagine then you feel this pressure to like share something come on do something uh every week or something people are paying for you yeah for, for this content um yeah but cool it's good to see i like seeing twitter yeah and, and exactly like twitter should do this like it yeah it makes sense that they explore these ideas and more and more platforms have been trying to find ways to help users monetize their content. This is, this is a new one. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Like who can convince people to pay to read their tweets? That'll be very interesting. And another interesting part of this is like Twitter. It's hard to believe almost, but they don't have anyone's credit card details or something. Mm-hmm. They have no payment methods. So all of a sudden, they will ask people for it, I guess. Um, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, there was this... I saw this on um, Mac Rumors. Let me try to pull the link. Uh, someone asked, uh, I think... You know what I'm talking about? Like Someone asked uh, 
the in-app payment you, thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, are you aware? Of, like, are you going to try to go around Apple's own, you know, seventy thirty cut and stuff? And the person, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember. So, like, we're not in the business of getting around platform rules or something, <laughs> which was interesting. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> refreshing take. <laughs> And they were like, well, well, we'd like not to have <laughs> to pay right. the 30%, but if we have to pay it, then it's still better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. I think it was their take. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see also how much of this do like content creators get to keep, right? Because Apple's already mm-hmm. taking 30%, and then Twitter has to take some kind of cut. So yeah. are you left to, what, 50% maybe? Oof. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. That's rough. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, Twitter actually is so slow in their rollouts. Like, on my own account, I still don't have audio tweets, which I feel like has been announced, I don't know, a year ago. It's been a while. Yeah, I think you're on some uh, sort of weird A-B test feature flag <laughs> for your account somehow, but it's been rollouts out pretty much everyone. Oh, Joey. I Joey. Um, yeah. Also, uh, it took me a while to get fleets, but I think that that was because I'm in Europe. Yeah, oh, you know what? I do want to talk to you about fleets, actually. I have some questions for you. So you're probably okay. one of the few people <laughs> on on Twitter that is okay. see have stuck with the fleets. Um, <laughs> and I'm curious to see how they're doing for you. Like, do you find that people engage with them, reply to them? I also see, I think you're pretty good about reposting almost everything you post on Instagram onto onto the fleets. So how's that, that experience going for you? Is, is that something I should be doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I get, I get more engagement from fleets than Instagram. Uh, although it's not a one-on-one like match on the type of content I share. Um, I think I was sharing some, like, I was watching an old keynote or something, and that I shared on Twitter, not mm. on Instagram, because it's too nerdy for Instagram. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, like, I have a really uh, small follow base on Instagram, uh, especially compared to Twitter, so it's no, yeah, I mean, it's no surprise there. It's also, uh, because it's so only available on iOS, um, <laughs> it's not like a lot of people see it. I think... You know, I have like, I don't know how many followers, but like 9,000 followers, but only like I get hundreds of views on the fleets. Mm. So not even like 10%. So because a lot of people browse Twitter through the browser or the or Android or the Mac app or whatever, and they just miss it. Right. Um, so Whereas it's, I it's feel like a space. way higher percentage of your followers on Instagram will watch your stories. Yeah, actually, I, I should check that i don't know but sounds true yeah 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 so okay interesting i should okay. i should try to post there more and just see what happens please <laughs> uh okay we're running out of time uh let's do recommendations and uh, call it a night cool yeah let's do it my recommendation <laughs> this week is um it's t-shirts <laughs> t-shirts <laughs> yeah uh recently i uh, I go so usually on my t-shirt uh, pile I have like a pile of white t-shirts a pile of black t-shirts and that <laughs> makes up like 80% of my wardrobe interesting and then I have another pile for like 
colorful t-shirts and probably like the swag t-shirts get in going there whatever mm. the miscellaneous pile right okay <laughs> um i've been a bit pretty tired of that and even the white and black like i've been in this pursuit of the right fit like the t-shirt with the right fit for me that is way more important than like how it feels or or, or uh, like how soft the fabric is or mm-hmm. the or the I don't know, the colors or the designs, I'm pretty usually just go with like a simple, um, you know, neutral shirt. So anyway, I've just been looking for the right fit. And even the white t-shirts, I've tried like six different brands <laughs> and I can't find like the perfect one. Hmm. The closest thing that comes to like a good fit that I think fits me well are Ugg Monk shirts. Huh. Now, I usually don't buy those because... For a while, I was really into those, but like they they ship from the U.S. and it's really expensive actually to ship them here. Uh, and then for after that, I stopped buying them because I realized that every designer in San Francisco was buying <laughs> shirts. It's like all right, I you know I have to be different maybe. But now I've I've admitted defeat again, and <laughs> I ordered the they have a men's essential men's essential tea. It's a kit of a eight pack. Shirt, uh, oh shirts. wow! And just have eight T-shirts uh, in a range of like different toned down, like earthy tones. Um, I'll send you a link. And and it's like okay, boom! I have eight T-shirts. More than <laughs> enough to just rotate through those. Uh, you know, uh, add a, a shirt here and there or whatever. And that's it. And they have the best fit, at least for me, like my favorite fit hmm. of a T-shirt. And so that simplified my wardrobe. So instead of all those piles that I said I had, now I just have this pile. And all this stuff is just like in a box somewhere, trying to simplify it. Nice. Very cool. So, That's a good recommendation. There it is. I'm going to send the... Uh, where are you at? Uh, yeah, there you go. I'm wearing one right now. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. I've never mm-hmm. had one. <laughs> so good to know that maybe they have a good try. fit. Yeah. I should try them. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Like maybe your your way of shopping for t-shirts is a little bit different from mine. I agree that fit is extremely important for wearing t-shirts i would say though that there is no such thing as a perfect fit i actually have many t-shirts and like varying the the style of the fit that 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 is also part of what the t-shirt looks like Um, so oh i see what you mean so like Uh, i I have i have like longer sleeves one like shorter sleeves one some that have like a wide collar or a short collar with a pocket or no pockets. Like there's, I never went with, like, I never had like an opinionated <laughs> shirt fit, I guess <laughs> like a style, like, Oh, I see the shirt with like the longer sleeves mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so they all are so close together that for me, like there's a perfect fit in between nice. <laughs> like that spectrum. And this is not it by the way, but this is the closest. Okay. So I'm happy good that makes me think i was looking for socks <laughs> again <laughs> again so i actually have i would say what my perfect pair of ankle socks from last time that we had this whole debate on the the socks and we got uh-huh. darn tough that was nice enough to send us socks and i needed and even bombas. more well, we had Bombas, we had uh, Darn Tough socks, and we have... Didn't we have another one? I don't know. I got, like, so many boxes and bags of socks, I just didn't know what to do with it. Um, and so my favorite 
ankle socks. I'll put a link in the show notes. They're the darn tough socks. I have like a the specific model number. They're great. They're amazing. Love them. I even the the one challenge with those is they don't ship to Canada. And last time I needed more socks. I kind of like tweeted at them and was like, hey, like, can I get some more socks? Like, maybe I can, you know, send me an invoice for the shipping and I will happily pay for the shipping. And then their head of marketing, marketing guy, I guess, like replied to me and he was like, oh, just tell me what I want and I will send them to you for free. And I was just like, oh, no, this is not what I want. So <laughs> now I like I don't even want to buy more. And I don't even want to bother them again. I don't want I I would like more socks, but I I would like to pay for them. And somehow they will not take my money to get more socks. So. That is no good. I don't want that. I want an accessible, like something where I can just go, pay money, and receive my product, not have to bother anyone. Um, so, I, I, but but on that front, I would say I can still manage with the uh, inventory that I have. Um, however, <laughs> here in Montreal, it gets cold for like half of the year uh, for winter. And I don't know why, I guess... The reason is be- before I went to an office and so I was always wearing kind of like sneakers during the day. And so I would still wear the ankle socks and just like suffer through, I guess, like the morning of oh being God. a little bit cold. Um, but now that's not my life anymore. And we've been doing a lot more like outdoor stuff lately, uh, just trying to get out of the house on the weekends. And so I need longer socks. <laughs> So I've been trying to find what is a good pair of long socks. So if people have recommendations, please let me know. Uh, <laughs> I did talk to friend of the show, Victor uh, Kearns, who's yeah. amazing. And yeah, it seems like would exactly be the person to know. So he sent me a recommendation that I have yet to purchase. I haven't I haven't purchased it. Uh, because it's also kind of like a tricky situation, like it's a German sock. <laughs> and so I have to buy it through some kind of reseller. And there's just a million different model numbers. So I Do you want me to get them and I'll ship it to you? Uh, we'll see. Like, let's okay. let's talk about it later. I think I found <laughs> a way to get them. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, I'm in the market for socks so if anyone <laughs> wants to send me socks please okay, help kevin anyone has a recommendation i'm looking for something kind of similar to what i was looking for before as black as possible i want something <laughs> that's not very thick i want like a, a daily sock so not like a dress sock or anything like that like just something i can wear every day to be kind of like casual comfortable and i don't want it to be super long like some of the, I was just like looking at, at some Not socks. up to your knee. Some right? of them are so long. <laughs> it's like, it needs to be above the ankle, but like it doesn't need to be up to my knee. Like I don't need that. So I just, yeah, I just realized, <laughs> oh my God, I'm back in the, the, the sock world. Oh my God, Kevin. And it's so hard to find something good. You might have so. a problem. Okay. Yeah. Actually, this, I just now want to talk about slippers, but let's do it next oh, week. Interesting. I'm, I'm really I, not a slippers person. Okay. I, so what, just I overheat. I overheat, and then really? my feet get sweaty. Yeah. Deb's got me this new fancy pair of slippers because I've been complaining. Um, I'm so old. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> my 30th birthday. Like Here's a pair of slippers, honey. <laughs> anyway, these are cool. And Should like, you get the Mack Weldon slippers? I don't know. Like, they have Ooh. a little, a little uh, like, rubber back huh. that just, like, won't let it fall. Interesting. Um, I just realized instead of me doing this yoga pose, I could just uh, yeah, try it to you. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting. I, it, they're, they're really nice. And they have wow. this collar is boring, but cool. Deb's got one in really cool colors. I um, would also get the boring collar. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought you would. Anyway, <gasps> what is your recommendation, man? Oh, is yeah. Is any of those socks? <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with socks. Uh, although I will have uh, Victor's recommendation in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, my recommendation this week, it's more, it's more of like, Kevin is watching Corner <laughs> for this show. Um, let, let's just say it's not it's not like a strong, rec- passionate recommendation. It's just, hey, this is something that I watched. I thought it was interesting. It's a documentary uh, that is created, produced, something by uh, Nick Bilton. Do you, do you know Nick, Nick Bilton? Uh, just off the top of your head with this? No. <laughs> okay. I was Googling. So it did stand out to me when I saw that it was made by by Nick Bilton because Nick Bilton is the guy who wrote Hatching Twitter, the book. Oh, snap. And I don't know if you read this, but I love this book. I think it was such such an amazing telling of like the backstory of of Twitter. I love that book. Yeah, yeah, I loved it too. It's such a great way to tell the story of this company and everything that went on behind the scenes. It's just so engaging, great writing. So I really just enjoy him as a writer. And so when I saw that he was making a documentary for for HBO, I was like, huh, I'm interested. So the documentary is named Fake Famous. And basically the idea is they take three random people and they try to make them, turn them into influencers. Um, so, and you see like the whole process on, uh, the, throughout the documentary, like how they source the people and how they like, they buy them like photo shoots and all sorts of things to kind of create the illusion that they're famous in the hopes that they might become actually famous through this. I won't spoil it, but it's interesting. Like there's lots of, wow. of stuff going on. If you're if you're curious about this sort of influencer industry and that whole world that I think, you know, we have no choice but to pay attention to these days. Uh it's pretty interesting. Damn, we'll do. It's on HBO Max. Cool. Yep. Okay, I'll watch it. Cool stuff, cool beans. All right, this is the end of the show. We did it. High five. Boom. Uh, cool. We we actually did high five. <laughs> Listeners, Kevin and I just high fived our cameras. Nice. Um, cool. That's it. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we're also fake famous there. You, you can super uh, follow us on Twitter too. <laughs> One day you will. Oh, this is an interesting uh, thing to think about. Uh, maybe we can have layout super fans. Because I was always thinking about, you know, my personal account. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, because mm. I, I wonder, maybe we could have hidden episode links. And then we just, like, tweet those random episode links that you can't, can't guess. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how it would work. All right. Uh, let us know what you would be willing to pay for. <laughs> 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 nah, don't. Uh, it's fine. Uh, cool. Follow us. Uh, we are at Layout FM. 
I am at Rafahari and I fleet. Um, it's not a flex, but you know, I fleet. And <laughs> Kevin is at Vernal Kick and he doesn't fleet, but maybe he will now. Weird fleet, uh, but okay. <laughs> Show title. Uh, yeah, our website is layout.fm. We have links for all the socks in there, and uh, we will talk to you when we'll talk to you. So I saw a pro display XDR in person. Oh, oh my god! I forgot to bring this up. Uh, is this the after show now? <laughs> this is the after show. Is this the upside down? Okay, cue the upside down music. <sighs> okay, okay. Wait, can I can I tell the story? Go for can it. Can I set the scene? Go for it, Kevin. Morgan Clark said, sent me an iMessage that said, uh, I finally saw an XCR display in person in a bunch of like emoji with star for eyes. Um, and I said, wait, you had never seen one before? This explains so much. And you said, believe it or not, but I had never seen the XCR, Mac Pro, the new key- the new iPad keyboard, iPhone 12, HomePod mini, or any M1 Macs in person yet. So I said, okay, show topic. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you saw an XDR. Actually, I'm not really interested in all the other products, but so the yeah, XDR. Yeah. You saw one in person. Uh, did it change anything in you? <laughs> so actually, uh, uh, so I found myself you in a mall. you get it I, now, I was, Kevin? <laughs> I was in a mall and then I found, found myself in an Apple store. First, I, I went there. I was supposed to just find a T-charger for my dad because um, he his charger is not working anymore so i was, was there to do that and then there's this big it's like airport airport security basically at the apple store like it's so crazy mm-hmm. in there you have to like talk to a few security people like they ask you what are you looking for and all that stuff and so i tell but it actually it's not security people it's like they're apple employees with like right uh, apple security measures or protocols yeah so, so i talked to the first person i'm like hey i'm I'm just looking for a chi charger, like not a Mac save thing. Just, I just want a chi charger. He's like, a what? Oh, no. I was like, I'm looking for a chi charger. And he was like, you mean the brick? I was like, no, not the brick, the wireless chi charger. Oh, you're looking for MagSafe? No, I'm not looking for MagSafe. Just normal chi charger. He was like, he's like typing on his iPad. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I was like, okay, let me, let me talk, <laughs> let me talk to my colleague, talk to the other person and then uh, bring that person like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking for a chi charger, like blank stare in that person's what is eyes. happening. And I could not believe it. I was like a wireless charger, you know, wireless chargers you have before MagSafe uh, for your <laughs> iPhones. And then he was like, uh, okay, let me, let me like 
move you over to this other person. Like he might be able to help you. Like what I'll move you to the accessory guy. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I could not believe it. <laughs> I swear to God. I was like, I, this is uh, being more dramatic here, but I think these people should be fired immediately. Like this should be a fireable <laughs> offense. Like it's just, how can you not? Like it just made me so sad, <laughs> so sad that like <laughs> multiple people oh who work all day so every day in an Apple store have no idea what a cheat charter is. Like could not believe it. And the last guy, the the last guy that I talked to did know what it was, but he called it a keek charger. <laughs> Like instead of of chi, and I was like, no, believe me, it is pronounced chi. <laughs> like, let, let me just like help you here. It is pronounced. Believe me, chi. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, but at least that guy was a little bit better, so he was able to show me the chi charters that they had, which is not very many. Um, they got a Mophie and they got the whatever. Yeah, and the Belkin, and the one that um, my dad had that's not working anymore is the Belkin one, and. I just like didn't really want to get that one again. So I was like, okay, no, you've none of your options are good options. Um, so thanks, but so no you thanks. ended up not getting no, one. I didn't get the I didn't get any charger. Wow. Uh but as I passed by, I saw that they had a pro display XDR. So I was like, hey, okay, no, you know, you only have two options. And then I was like, okay, I'll go somewhere else to, to find it and it was like yeah honestly like we really don't have that many you're probably better off going somewhere else um so like all right fine and then right before leaving i was like hey can i go see the pro display xdr that is just there and keep in mind there's maybe i don't know five or ten people in the entire apple store like it's very much like each person has a dedicated Apple Station. person following them around and right. like making sure you kind of don't touch anything. And so he was like, sure. I was like, okay, cool. So I go there and then I'm, I'm just like looking at it because <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm not going to touch anything. Like I promise. Uh, and I'm looking at it and he's like, you can touch it. Like play with it. <laughs> he was like, Ev- everything's been disinfected. Like, don't worry about it. Like you can play with it. I was like, okay, cool. And then, so I play with it for a little bit, like move stuff around. I was like, oh yeah, you should, you should like play, play a video here and like check this out and do this and like move it up and down and do all the things. And, and immediately I was like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Somehow the resolution feels so much crisper. Granted, it was on the highest brightness setting in the apple store but there's something about the display being it felt so close to the the glass like my yeah uh, ultra fine display has the bezel and then the screen is kind of inset and it's not really that same kind of like quality on the screen itself but this is maybe a little bit more matte um that just made it feel like the ui was so close to the edge and the bezels are even smaller than on this ultra fine display, like so close to that edge, amazing. And like, I could 
even see the grain in the picture and the like background <laughs> default background image. It's like, wow, this is this is really cool. I really want one. Um, so yeah, it's it's really nice. I'm still so disappointed that there's no camera or speaker. Um, I I think if there was, I would have definitely bought one. Like maybe on the spot, but because there isn't. I'm I'm Wait, still on the what? Camp. I'm still on the camp of like no I'm no, but yeah, but it's really okay. nice. It's really nice, and the bigger uh, screen real estate, so nice, so nice. Yeah, I, I as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, please, <laughs> I want that. This is great. Uh, okay. So, in any way, like, do you understand me a bit better now or not? I do. I do. Yeah. Like. Uh, Having seen one in person is, it, it, I mean, not that I feel like I had a wrong impression uh, of it, but there's just there's just something yeah. intangible that you feel yeah. while seeing it in person. But I, I, I still stand by my argument that most of what I do all day every day is being in front of a camera, and I really do not want to have to plug an external camera into this, so... Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's. I will be patient. I'll be patient and wait. Uh, do you know if the one you saw had the nano coating or not? No, it didn't. Right. There was some okay some reflection on so, it. So, I just looked for this tweet. Uh, the first time I saw an XDR display it was on January twenty second, twenty twenty. I was in San Francisco at the Union Square store, and so I tweeted. Checking out the XR display in the store was a terrible idea. Just <laughs> awful idea. Like, really bad idea. Um, so I tweeted that in January, and it was it was probably a pretty similar experience as you just had. And the second time I saw an XDR was at the Apple Store here in Amsterdam. Uh, and they had the one with the nano coating, mm. and they didn't in the Union Square. Uh, and I saw it, and I was disappointed. I was like, wait. This doesn't look as good as I hmm. remembered. Um, and it took me a while to realize, that, oh, wait, there's like something. I think the, the nano coating, sure, all of the like anti-glare, all that magic is cool. And it feels like it feels, it feels like not real. Like it feels like there's a – the scene wasn't rendered properly. Like there should be <laughs> reflection here, you know. Um, but looking straight ahead, it, from my experience, it looks like it is a bit fuzzier. Like it's not as crisp the right. detail. Um, so, uh, so I was, yeah, I was a bit disappointed after that. But so when I, when it was time, I was like, you know what? I might, I want to, I need one. I for sure knew that, uh, <laughs> nano thing is not for me. So all this to say that for anyone listening, if you ever saw an XDR display, if it was the nano, if it had the nano coating, there might be a better experience even, you know, out there, uh, even better. So, cool. Cool beans. Yeah, so still waiting, still dealing with my ghosting issues. <laughs> oh, my God, God, Jesus. One day, live. one day, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful. <laughs> Look, ev- everyone, everyone is in Zoom calls all day long, every day. Like, they can't keep releasing displays with no cameras forever until the end of time. Hold my <laughs> so, beer. Yeah, let's see. I mean, I might buy an iMac, so problem solved. Problem solved. So that's it. That's my that's my Apple Store story. But yeah, feel so frustrated every time I go there and feel like 
I know so much more about any of these products than any of the people who work there. So disappointing. <laughs> they just need a job, man. It's like people working at McDonald's. They're not super into hamburgers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I, I hope that it's different for the Apple Store. That's Because I feel like I, re- I still remember a time where you'd go to the Apple Store and everyone was so, like, knowledgeable and nerds and, like, heck... The guy who sold me my first uh, MacBook Air is like is a designer now, <laughs> like and like oh, wow. a good friend of mine, and he was he was like studying design. I think at that at that point, but like it really felt like it was you went there and like you really talked to experts. And now, yeah, it feels like you're going to Best Buy, and they just they, they don't know. They it's don't, a big they don't company. They they have a lot of stores now. Yeah, employ a lot of people. There's a lot of nerds you know? too, <laughs> right? <laughs> like but those nerds are making all their money from super follows. 